Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. up everybody and how's it going i'm alex goldstick and you are listening to the spring forward podcast in today's episode we've got a really great interview with former baltimore ravens running back lorenzo talaferro zoe will be featured in the spring league in austin coming up in just a few weeks a quick note for those in the austin area or anyone else planning to attend spring league games as of this week the spring league has announced that all children nine and under will be able to attend games for free with a paying adult there's a limit of two kids per paying customer Tickets are now on sale at thespringleague.com. Now that we've got the kids on board, let's get to our interview. Now joining us on Spring Forward is former Baltimore Ravens running back Lorenzo Talaferro. He's a former fourth-round pick of the Baltimore Ravens out of Coastal Carolina, which at the time was a Division I FCS school. His three seasons in the NFL were marred by injuries, but in his rookie season in 2014, he spent a brief period as the Ravens' feature back, during which he accounted for over 400 all-purpose yards and rushed for four touchdowns in 13 games. After sitting out the 2017 season, he will be joining the Spring League in Austin this season to reclaim his spot in the NFL. Zoe, welcome to the pod. How you doing? So, you began your college career by going the JUCO route at uh, Lackawanna College in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, you then transferred to Coastal Carolina, which at the time, as we mentioned, was an FCS school. And you then became a fourth-round pick, which uh, was 138th overall to the Ravens in 2014. What does your football journey to this point say about your determination as a person and as a football player? Like you like you said, I started the uh, hard route. and um, Part of that was, was on me. Um, you know, just didn't take high school as serious. But... I don't regret anything. I mean, I'm glad I took that route. Uh, made me more disciplined, more contented, and made me in the position to accept what's going not accept what's going on, but be able to handle it better and and just know that it's all a part of the plan and and it's going to come into a plan and and what's 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 going to happen is already written. God already has it written. You know, it's just my job to to work for it that's it so you know i can't control only only god can control all i can control is everything that happens in between that and that's just work and and be prepared when that opportunity comes so like we said your coastal carolina was an fcs school you when you were there um now they're part of their fbs level program in the sunbelt conference Uh, do you still recognize the program as the same program as it was when you were there has it sort of changed since they got this promotion uh, it still seems the same, you know. I mean, last time I went there, uh, practices seemed the same, the environment seemed the same. I mean, it is a little more 
a little more fans, you know, guys more involved with the uh, with the sports. It, it was it was a don't get me wrong. Coastal had a good fan base, but you know, coming from a smaller school, those it was hard to get um, the the stands packed every single game, but. We, we did pretty good my senior year because we made it pretty far, the farthest in school history. So, um, yeah, I would say it's, it's still the same. You know, uh, they got a lot of work to do and, and moving up, but I think they'll get there. They're coached by a great staff. Yeah, so, so you mentioned the coaching. Um, you know, Coastal Carolina has only had a football program since '03, and I believe in that time they've only had two coaches. Um, coach Joe Moglia, who's, who's the head coach now and was the head coach when you were there, recently returned from medical leave. Um, so there was an interim coach last season, and that medical leave cost him the entire 2017 season. Um, you know, as someone who took a 26-year coaching gap in his career, in his football career, he had an extremely uh, successful career as a CEO on Wall Street. Um, you know, so what have you learned, if anything, from having a coach like that? Life after football. Life is what I'm experiencing now. Um, <clears throat> we used to have these meetings called LAF, Life After Football, and that was the start of the week, the start of the day. That was our, our meetings, and in the beginning, it was just like, hey, we're here to be students and, and play football, but as time went on, I, I got it, and it made so much sense because not a lot of guys make it to where I have even made it coming out of college, so, you know, everyone wants that opportunity to play in the NFL, and unfortunately, not a lot of people get that opportunity, so... When 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 you don't, a lot of people are faced with what is next. Well, and they got a college degree, but a lot of people go through college with the mindset that I'm going to get this degree just to get it. Um, other than that, I'm going to the NFL. I'm going to the NBA, and they don't take the time to take benefit, take um, take the uh, benefits and, and all the things that come with being a college athlete, and, and even when you're in the pros, all the all the all the access you get to these, you know, like the boot camps for broadcast and all that stuff that you can take advantage of. And I think Coach Mosley did a great job in preparing us for life after football, and I think he's continuing to do that because that was his, his motto, was be a man in LAF, life after football. And, and I think he, he did great at, at drilling us with that. So, so you just mentioned that you're one of the few that have made it to the heights that you've made it to the NFL. Um and, and now your your comeback story is beginning and, and getting underway with the spring league, which is just in a couple starts in a couple weeks. Um, how did you find out about and ultimately get accepted to the league? Uh, my agent referred me, um, Joby Brand with Vanguard. Um, he told me about it and uh, said it would be a great idea to start this comeback. Um, Unfortunately, I've been plagued by injuries. I don't think it's a lot to do with my skill. Um, Because when I play, when I'm healthy, I played. Um, I think a lot of teams, uh, you know, I can't speak for teams, but if I had a guess, I think my injuries was one of the main concerns. And um, and I'll be back. I'll be back. Like I said, what's going to happen is already written. I just got to make the most of it. Obviously, the the injuries cost you the 2017 season. You know whether or not um, it was because you were hurt at the time or because you, you didn't get picked up after after the Ravens dropped you. Um, but are you 100 percent healthy now? I am. I am. And when was when was the last time you could say that that you were 100 percent healthy going into a season? 
this year pretty much this uh going into this year so let's go back to your time with the ravens i mean you had a long instagram post in in september after you got cut by the ravens i wanted to ask a couple questions about that um you know we hear the line from athletes all the time that pro sports are a business and uh it seems like the more players understand that, it easier the easier it is to accept the good and the bad things that may happen to them in their careers. Um, but can you help to sort of personify that and and you know put a personality behind the line like it's a business? It's a business, you know. Like like in college, in college you're supposed to be a, a, a grown man. It's the first time you leave your home and you get prepared for the real world and stuff. But Along those lines, you're still nurtured to some point, especially when you're an athlete. You know, you got you got meals you can get people, and if you're if you're on scholarship, they take care of your housing and all that. So, you're still nurtured to some point. But when you get to this NFL, it's it's you're really it's just like any other job. I mean, yeah, you get paid more than half of society, but it's still a job at the end of the day. So, and that's where a lot of people don't understand. Like, you know, you get the saying all the time, like, man, you got it easy. You get to just play football for a living. must be nice. And it's like, I don't think you could last 10 seconds in our world. I really don't. I mean, yeah, I mean, during the season, you just eat, sleep, football. That's all you do. You barely have free time. And, you know, the world only sees what the player decides what they want them to see, what they won't post on Instagram or what they do in their all time that they broadcast. But other than that, for the most part, you just live in football. So, like I said, it's a, it's a business, it's a job. So, just like in the real world, if it's time to make cuts at a job because uh, funds are going down and whatever, they're going to chop. If you've been there 15 years, 40 years, Hey, we're making budget cuts today and, you know, we got to get rid of boom, boom, boom. It's just like that in the league. And yeah, um, there's some, some things that I might not agree with and a, and a bunch of players don't agree with, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's a business and you just got to be happy and blessed that you're able to be a part of this type of business. There's always, it doesn't matter what job you do. Or what job you have in this world, you're going to be faced with all types of controversy that you may not agree with, you don't like, but at the end of the day, you got to provide and, and support your family. So you, sometimes you just, just got to shut up and go to work. Right. I mean, especially in football, and, and we're seeing it. You know, the last two days with sort of the NFL calendar, you know, starting to, starting to flip and, and getting into a new year. But you know, especially in football, crazy talented guys like yourself are are getting cut all the time. I mean, what do you see as the most common reason for guys getting released? You know, is it just the business side and, and it's budget cuts? And, and does that business make you more hungry to prove yourself? Um, I think uh, everyone's different, you know. Not everyone gets cut for the same reason. You got some people that maybe just plagued by injuries like myself. You got some people who maybe played by a crowded backfield or or whatever position they're they're playing it's just crowded too many guys and then it comes down to okay what do you do better than i mean you know they're not going to chop their top two guys if you're looking at three four and five it's going to be they're carrying four it's like okay four and five what what do 
four do better than five? What do five do better than four? And it comes down to that. And maybe one's better at special teams than the other. And that's one of the key things, special teams. And you're at the bottom of the roster or whatever. You got to, got to contribute. On special. I mean, even if you're at the top, you got to um, do good on special teams. I mean, it's very important and vital to your career because it will keep you employed for a long time. And that's what I was told coming into the league, and that's what I try to execute. I mean, I didn't play a lot of special teams in college, but it was like second nature once I got to the league. I mean, I believe if you're an athlete, there's, there's just some things you can just easily adapt to, and – and special teams can be one of those things, but I think a lot of guys do good at special teams because they're not willingly ready to do it or wanting to do it. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, man, I'm a starter. Mm-hmm. I'm not playing. I'm not playing no special teams. But it's like, okay, you may be a starter today. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, don't take this special team serious. Right. But then the next year you get hurt. The next year you get hurt. Then the next year you excel a little bit, and they got another guy that's been excelling while you've been hurt, and and now y'all both are free agents. It's like, okay, who are we gonna keep? Right. Hey, he was doing better at special teams. I'm gonna keep this guy. <laughs> and that's what it boils down to sometimes. And and it's just the nature of the business, you know. I could. Like I said, everyone's different. Everyone gets cut for different reasons. And sometimes the guys that get cut, the team don't want to release them. It's just a business. Sometimes the money, like, sometimes the they don't have enough. And they don't even, they might offer you, but they know you're better than what they can offer you sometimes. So it's not always just the player that, because, you know, a lot of people get mistaken, like, oh, he left, he's chasing the money, he's, so, I mean, it gets to a point where it's like, hey, I got to make a decision for me and my family. And at the same time, it's like, if this was the working world, which it is, but I'm saying if this was a nine to five or wherever, if McDonald's offered you $10 an hour, $8, let's say $8 an hour, and Burger King was offering 18 an hour, or eh, not that big of a gap, eight, eight. Let's say but you take Burger it. King's offering 15. Nine times out of 10, Burger King. So it's, yeah, it's not about the money always. But if you're in our world for 10 seconds, you will understand some of these decisions that the players make and the teams as well. Right, so it's it's two sides of a coin, but um, so so going back to that that post after after the Ravens released you, you cited Justin Forsett as your mentor, and you know even though he had multi season stints with the Seahawks and the Ravens, uh, you know he played for seven teams in eight years. He played with Seattle twice. Uh, you saw firsthand a guy that started the season third on the depth chart and got his chance at a starting role due to unforeseen circumstances and injuries, and really not let go of that role for the better part of two years. How does a guy like that inspire you, and what did you learn from being a part of that running back group when you were a rookie? Justin, Justin, man, Forsett is one of the reasons I'm holding on now, man. A story like that will never be forgotten, man. I've seen Forsett come in, and and really I remember, you know, I was a, 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 a draft pick the first year he was there, and 
you got some guys telling me like, because I, I really had a bad camp like in the beginning. OTAs, not camp, OTAs and stuff. I I was terrible my rookie year, but I just you know it was a new scheme to me, and it was just like you know how coaches are going hard on rookies and. And I was just letting things get to me, and it was hard for me until I got to the game, and I just started doing good. But okay, that's another story. But for Seth, got players telling me I'm I'm doing so bad. I'm like, man, I think I'm gonna get cut. And players like, man, you're a fourth round pick, man. You're not. If you get cut, it's not gonna be this year at least. Like maybe a year or two after. And for Seth's like, hey man, don't listen to them, bro. Anything can happen. I've been in this business long enough. Anything can happen. And I'm looking at Forsett, and um, it's looking like, obviously, Forsett was one of the odd men out in the group. We had, it was me, myself, Bernard Pierce, Ray Rice, Justin Forsett, Sierra Wood, and and my dog, Fitzgerald Toussaint. And um, pretty much... We, we knew Fitz was going to be the practice squad running back that year. And it was going to be Ray, Bernard, and me. But Ray was suspended for the first two games. So I guess whoever it was was fighting for two games. They were, they were, they were fighting to, to be on the roster for two games till Ray came back or whatever. And Forsett ended up winning that. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. You know, the thing about Forsett, Forsett always says, keep faith, man. You never know what's going to happen. And anything can happen, man. You, this could be your breakout year. This could be your worst year. But it, it doesn't matter. I mean, what's going to happen is what's going to happen. And sure enough, he went out there. I know he didn't have the mindset that he was playing for only two games, but it was kind of evident that as soon as Ray got back and Forsett was going to be the odd man out. Cause at this point I was starting all special teams and I was doing halfway decent and Bernard was supposed to be the starter. Um, Bernard, uh, had a, uh, our first game was against the Steelers and Forsett ended up snapping, going, going crazy. And he was backing Bernard up. And, um, then the second week, um, he went crazy again, and then the third week, I think Bernard went down with an injury, and this was my first, um, my first uh, time playing on offense the whole year because I was just the third, third back of special teams guy. I mean, I led the NFL in rushing yards my during the preseason my rookie year, but. Doing the regular season, I didn't play till week three. Well, so let's talk about week three real quick because this this is your big breakout. Um, week three, 2014 NFL season against Cleveland. Um, you got your first NFL carry and then some 91 yards and a touchdown on 18 carries. So yeah, tell us about that game and where does that game rank for you in your football career? What do you remember about that day? I just remember. I just remember my coach um, at the time, Thomas. He he always got on me, no, no matter what. My rookie year, at least. I mean, he calmed down over the years, but he always just got on me, whether I was doing good or doing bad. And and you know, it was you know sometimes it helped me, sometimes I let it get to me. But I remember just waking up for the game and not knowing if I was. I mean, I knew I was. They were saying that you might play, but not knowing. 
because Bernard wasn't officially out yet. And then we get to the stadium and then, like Bernard can't go. And boom, my coach looked at me and like, hey, oh, well, I'm going to have to play you. Hey, are you ready? I said, yeah, let's go. And I remember the first two carries were third and short. I get the first down. I get like, it was like third and one. I get like six yards. The next third and um, three, I get like eight yards. So it was like, okay, I'm feeling this. I'm getting in for one play and just making more than one yard. Okay, I'm holding the ball, not fumbling. Okay, okay, I can do this, man. It's just like preseason. And I don't know what happened from there. I just, you know, got comfortable and and just played free and just kept going. I mean, it's a – it's a big difference when you're out there just playing, you know, practice, practice is practice. And that's where your mistakes are, are criticized every play. I mean, you, you don't get me wrong. The games, your mistakes are going to be criticized, but it's going to be later. So you get to just play, you know, and in practice, they just watch it. So it's a little different for a rookie in practice. But when you're out there playing, it's like, Forget what they can say to you today. At the end of the day, you get an opportunity to play, make the most out of it. And I just went out there and had fun. That was it. So, I mean, you're a bruising-type running back, and maybe that's what's contributed to the injury issues over the year. But uh, you've played both feature back and full back in your career. You know, if you had to choose, uh, how do you make yourself in the type of player that can do both? And do you have a preference for, for one of those positions? Well, uh, one, I didn't – I don't think the injuries – um, came from being a, a bruiser. I mean, my rookie year, I had a foot injury. Um, just from getting, I land, rolled up on under a pile, and I kind of should have had surgery that year, and I didn't. And it came back the second year, and so really, and I had a, a MCL tear in the pre preseason my second year but it wasn't major I was only out for two weeks um and then my foot came back um so the first two years was really just the same injury um and then I had a hamstring when I came back from surgery I wasn't the best condition because I was coming straight from rehab from foot um so I don't think those being a bruiser but right now that's what I'm working on I'm working on um making guys miss more, adding some more value to my game. So I'm not just looked at as one-sided. And um, that's what I'm getting ready for the spring league for, to just show that I have the ability to make people miss and, and take a 60-yarder and, and and whatnot. Um, and as far as your question is the running back and fullback, I'm a running back. That's what I've been playing all my life. Um, I played fullback a little bit in Juco, but, you know, most of the time it was catching and stuff like that. And I I just, I think running back is, is what got me here. And that's where I think I'm going to continue to chase. Um, I think fullback was just a good idea to make the team in Baltimore. I don't think it was a good idea to make 31 other teams. I think it was just them – them liking me enough they were done with me at running back which is totally understandable i've been there for three years already and i've been hurt for three years so i get it like i said i understand the business they, they like me and i'm blessed 
I'm blessed to be able to to even play for three years, having three years worth of injuries. I mean, you don't see that a lot, especially from a guy that's in a rookie deal and not paid yet. I mean, those guys get cut, released all the time. So the fact that they held on to me that long showed me that they did either have plans for me or they respected me as a player and they wanted me around. So um, I think the fullback move was just a move to keep me there. And I think it was more as a special team. I was, I know Jerry Rosberg, big shout out to Jerry. I love Jerry. Jerry's a great guy. Jerry always kept it real with me. One of the best special team coaches in the league. And, um, I know, I, um, I talk to Jerry now sometimes, you know, me and Jerry are very cool. And Jerry always tell me, I remember, I remember when I had my foot surgery, my, um, rookie year. Jerry was like the first coach, you know, to call me at the hospital. And I didn't even remember the combo because I was so like sedated or whatever. And I had to call him back because I see we talked or whatever. And now I remember apologizing to him like, Jerry, I'm sorry for another injury this year. Like, I wish I could be out there. And he was like, look, don't ever apologize for, for you know, playing this sport, whatever. And, he was like, hey, as long as I'm on this team, I will always fight for you to be on this team. So I think, like I said, I think moving me to fullback there was just a, a way for them to try to keep me there. Fortunately, it didn't work out, and now I'm back to being a running back. And that's my position. That's what I want to play, and that's what I'm going to play. I mean, like I said, it is a business. So if, it comes, if that's the only way that I can make it back on the team, then by any means I'll play fullback. Yes. For sure. I'll play, I'll play center. I'll play tight end because I love the game that much. You know, I just want to play football. Well, at the spring league, there might be opportunity to, to, to switch up all the positions if you want. Um, <laughs> but let's put on your analyst cap for a second. And, and you're, you know, you're talking about injuries, and especially at the running back position. There's this notion in, in the NFL that – you know, by the time the run, running backs reach their late 20s, you know, their careers are sort of up for dead. You rush for 2,000 yards in a season, you might have too much mileage on you. Uh, you don't play enough, there's someone younger and more talented to take your spot. You know, why do you think this perception exists at the running back position, especially when, you know, receivers are sustaining production well into their 30s? I think it's because you start behind, you start seven and a half yards behind the line and behind every player and you're the deepest player in the backfield and at the snap you get a ball, the ball and there's 11 guys just coming after you. So you take the most bruising out of the offense positions. You're going to always get tackled. You're always going to get hit, you know. Like there's going to be opportunities where you get in the open field and you can make a miss. But unlike a receiver, a receiver catches the ball down the field and he got to make one or two guys miss. And he's off to the race. But us, we got to get past that, you know, front five or or front four first. And then you got another two or three back there and then another two or three back there. So you're always, you just constantly take a punishment. So, you know, no one wants the old guy. That's in that's in any 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 aspect of life. I mean, who wouldn't want a younger guy that that they feel had more durability? But 
like like I said, I mean, I've been plagued in in the beginning with injuries, and I went through college totally healthy. I mean, I had some surgeries in high school, but they were mainly like just bad luck injuries. I I don't think I really had any besides my foot, which is totally fine now. Um, I had foot surgery, but. Other than that, all my injuries have just been bad luck injuries. They're not like the cause of out of shape, the cause of being injury prone. They're not the cause of none of that. I mean, I, I, I played through a lot of stuff, so they can say guys wear down and, and in their late twenties, but you know, I, I think that if guys in the league, I think that he should be given a chance to show if he's worn down or not. So if he's on your team and he's still playing, then, hey, why release him? I mean, yeah, as you get older, he may not be the 22-year-old guy that you drafted. but So, yeah, you might can take a little bit of money from him. But at the same time, if he's still producing, let him produce. I mean, why not? So with that being said, in case ESPN is, is listening, um, we'll get some, some – the NFL drafts right around the corner. We'll get some analysis out of you. Um you know, Sa- Saquon Barkley out of Penn State. There's been some running. There's been some rumblings about a running back being taken number one overall. Um, and you know, given the, the last question, what we just talked about with running backs, some believe that taking one that high is is sort of crazy, um, especially with the quality of quarterbacks that are expected to be taken in the first round this year. Um, you know, as someone who plays a position, is is that criticism deserved, or is someone like Saquon totally deserving of the number one pick? Totally deserve it. Take him. Spend it on him. I mean, that guy's a beast. He's a beast. There's, there's no denying that. And then it's like, you see every year, the day, like, I think the year before I got drafted, or two years before I got drafted, it was like the first year a running back wasn't taken in the first round. What year was that? Do you, do you know off the top? Was it 2012? I can look that up for you. Uh, who would that be? 2012 draft. I think it was Eddie Lacy and Le'Veon Bell's year was the first time back wasn't taken first round in in years. So 2012, Trent Richardson was taken three overall. Okay, so then it made 2013. We're going to hear all the typing on the podcast. It's good. It shows my research department, which is also me. (laughs) Yeah, no running backs in 2013 in the first round. Since then, they've been criticizing Oh, there's no first round backs. And then after my draft, um, after my year, they just start going and they get more and more backs each year. So, okay, we went from no backs in the first round to, okay, now we got two. Then we only got two. Now we got, what was it last year? Three, maybe. Um,. Boom. So now we got a couple guys. Why not? Why can't we have a number one guy now? I mean, Last year we had Fournette and McCaffrey in the first round. Only so past two years, two two backs each round. Dalvin I mean, Cook in the second. Joe Mixon in the second. Okay, yeah. So the past two years it was two backs first round because the year before that it was Gurley and um, Wisconsin. Melvin. Yeah, Melvin Gordon. Yeah. So okay. Um, yeah, so, okay, we're making improvements. Why can't we just take a guy with the number one overall now? So, everything right. grows. You play one seed, it grows. So, you know, take him. I think he's definitely worth it 
And I'll root for any running back who's in the talks of being first. I mean, that's my position. I want to see those guys floor. So Saquon number one overall, and anyone else that needs a running back, you should hit up Lorenzo Talaferro. Definitely. I'm ready. I'm ready. I appreciate your time, and uh, we're going to see you a few weeks down in Austin, and, you know, we can't wait for spring over here. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. reached the end of episode three of spring forward big shout out to lorenzo for his time and insight into the nfl the running back position and of course his imminent comeback the spring league features two double headers at the kelly reeves athletic complex in austin texas the first set of games will take place on saturday april 7th and the second will be on thursday april 12th head to the springleague.com for tickets you can follow the spring league on all social media platforms at the spring league and you can find me on twitter at ag stick and instagram at this is my other ig All music was provided to Spring Forward by Joshua Rosner. We'll be back with our next episode shortly. Later.